sifter.com.au. Hey, and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. Mainstream is Sifter's review podcast, where the team at sifter.com.au and guests discuss their experiences playing a variety of games. My name is Adam, and my co-host on this episode is Kyle Paletto, who you might know as one of the voices of Sifter's walkthrough. Kyle, hello. Hey, Adam. What game are we going to be discussing today? Today, we are discussing Gotham Knights. It is the latest DC Universe uh, Batman game uh, coming from Warner Brothers Entertainment, and uh, it interestingly doesn't focus on Batman, but I'm sure we'll get into that in the episode. Before we get into our conversation, let's find out what's been making the news this week on Walkthrough. This is Mainstream. All right, Kyle, tell me a little bit more about Gotham Knights. What is it exactly and what do you do? So the big departure from this game from the previous titles is that Batman's not involved. So it's it's kind of a spiritual successor sequel-esque of the really popular Arkham series, which was Arkham Asylum, uh, Arkham City, um, Arkham Origins, and Arkham Knights. And... Uh, Following on from that, where at the end of it, Batman dies, this one kind of picks up where that leaves off, but it gives it a little bit of a reboot. So this is by Warner Brothers Montreal, which is the team that the dev team that uh, put together Arkham Origins, which was probably the, the least well-received of the Arkham series. And uh, this was kind of their big shot, I think, to, to give it another go. And... We'll see how that went later on in the episode. Uh, so this game you focuses on four different characters, Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood, and you get to pick one or play as all of them throughout the game as you go with a big focus on some co-op elements as well. And the uh, the Batman, the Bat family have to try and uncover the mystery of Bruce Wayne's death and uncover the... Uh, the Mystery of the Court of Owls, which is a really popular storyline in the comic, uh, in the Batman comics. Yeah, I um, like, first of all, I am a bit of a, an Arkham fan. So I've played all of the Arkham games um, and, and kind of went had this period about five years ago where I played through all of them and wanted to kind of go from every single game one after the other. So I find myself a bit of like a an Arkham Origins apologist. Like it wasn't like the most exciting one of those games. It had a bit of a cut and paste formula to its open world. But some of the story elements were really good. So I was, I was kind of excited to see what WB Montreal would do with a bit more time and with an ability to put their own stamp on a franchise. And it's kind of interesting you mentioned that this is a sort of sequel and how Arkham Knight ends with Batman dying, but also this game has its own weird canon where, you know, we start off the game and Batman is alive and we watch a cutscene where he is killed um, and he dies in a fight with Ra's al Ghul. It's a different way of him dying. And so it kind of exists in this different liminal space than the Arkham games, which I thought was sort of odd. And it's kind of winking at the history of the Arkham games, but not exactly being an Arkham game. And at the same time, it's winking at like the DC Cinematic Universe and what's happening in that world. But also it's not part of that canon either. And then it's just like throwing all sorts of comics lore at you. And if you haven't been paying attention to the world of Batman, it can kind of feel like 
you're out of the loop a little bit. How did how did you feel about like where this like game like situates itself in the world of Batman? I I thought it was really odd. You know the the end of Batman Arkham Knights. It was such a such a, a strong ending, I thought. You know, Batman is dead and they're finally going to bring this back and then they kind of just soft rebooted that, but like you said, with some, some weird additions. So it throws me off guard when there's uh, when there's things like Commissioner Gordon, for instance, who um, is also dead in this game, but you see him depicted in, in various ways. And it's I'm pretty sure the same character model as from the old series. So they've just kind of pick and choose which things they want to include um it's a little jarring at times and ultimately i think was a was a bit disappointing because i was really hoping to just see a straight continuation of of that story that we got to enjoy over four games and over you know probably close to a decade of of the series and like I, i suppose the bat family themselves have changed a little bit as well here like robin was a lot older in the arkham series here he is a 16 year old that looks 25 i don't know why they made him look older but he is 16 year old um and he is in high school and you know i guess like his being a student links into so much open world nonsense in this game involving scanning graffiti and historical monuments around Gotham City, which sort of kind of takes us to like, what are we actually doing in Gotham Knights? What is it like to go out on patrol um, in Gotham City as one of these caped crusaders? Like run us through the gameplay loop of like a night in, uh, in Gotham Knights. Yeah, so unlike the previous games, which were all, I think all of them, if not most of them were set in one night everything that happened happened over the course of 24 hours i believe uh and to combat that and put it more in the open world they have this system of uh you know the the night's patrol so every time you leave the the headquarters the belfry it starts off the night and it keeps track of your stats how many crimes you've broken up what things you've accomplished and then every time you return to the belfry it's it starts over again um and what you do in those in those nights is really up to you. You can spend the whole time just cruising around, breaking up um, small-time crimes, or you can get stuck into some of the the bigger missions. But um, mostly, it's yeah, it's it's just floating around and and getting stuff done. But the difference is, and something that I think took us both a little time to figure out, is some of the the main villain arcs. You have to. Um, you have to activate from within the belfry and then go out. So, for instance, when we played the the uh, Mr. Freeze storylines, there was some really cool environmental stuff where the, the whole kind of city was frozen over. Um, I, I think they do that really well. I, I think it makes for a, a nice open world situation and then also um, making the the side villains of the story also have their own quite impactful storylines and and gameplay yeah it's sort of interesting because it's like so much of those side missions are sort of gated behind what you described as like those patrol sort of events where you know you start off the night and you're encouraged to take your bat dude or or bat lady up to the top of a tall building press the scan button which i think is down on the d-pad and that will like bring up a bunch of tiny little triangles which pop up on your map these are sort of like um I guess, like just small crimes happening around town. And the idea is that you go to these crimes 
and you either scan the enemies there and figure out which one has um, information so you can interrogate them. They get a little question mark. It's sort of like Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War when you're kind of picking out which orc has the information about its lieutenants. Um, or you can just beat them up. And and if you beat them up, they they drop like literal magnifying glass tokens, which are called clues that your character sort of... <laughs> sucks up which is like wild to me like clues are a literal thing in this ui hang on are you telling me i don't have to do the interrogate process every time i can just beat them up and i get the same you can just like beat up a lot of dudes and it will level it up over time but it's faster to kind of interrogate the one and make it work and then some of the uh kind of villain side missions require you to go through the interrogation process so um, Harley Quinn has a really interesting storyline in this game. It's very funny. She is a wellness grifter. She's gone full Gwyneth Paltrow goop. The website for the mysterious Dr. Q seems to have vanished, but we'll keep looking. I haven't been able to find direct evidence of Harley being attached to this, but I know it's her. So what's her angle? Is that not always the question with Dr. Quinzel? Let me know when you find something, Alfred. Of course. It's great. I actually think the writing here is really funny. But like to get to that good writing, I had to kind of float around this sort of open world, blah, blah city and do a whole bunch of these tiny little crimes, um, you know, interrogate people or hoover up um, um, clues. And then that unlocked what we call a bunch of premeditated crimes, which are bigger crimes that are also procedurally generated. I had to do a bunch of those as well. So not only did I have to interrogate five freaks uh, for Harley Quinn's mission, I then had to like do a whole bunch of like cut and paste missions that had outworn their welcome already within an hour or two of grinding. Yeah, well, should we take take this time to to talk about that, which is probably one of I think we agree one of our biggest gripes with the game is is the amount of busy work. Oh, yeah. And I think the biggest load of busy work is that your characters feel a bit cumbersome in movement around the city to begin with until they complete their knighthood quest and then they're given good movement to get around the city. So I might I might actually just let you break down what the whole knighthood thing is and, and why it's so annoying, but please feel yeah, free. Yeah, this was... In, in my opinion, one of the more insane choices uh, by the dev team, which is um, that they decided to block the glide ability behind this this arbitrary kind of unlocking process where you, you get dropped into this open world, which looks beautiful, and, and we'll get into the visuals, but um, it's an open world and you are not given the one thing that you want to do when you're a Batman character, which is the ability to glide around using your cape or whichever gadget you, you get to use depending on your character. So you only have your zip line for the first, depending on how fast you figure out the, the systems, you know, potentially a few hours of just zipping around um, rather than gliding, which just seems like such a waste. And when you think about something like, say, um, Arkham City, the beginning of that game, you you go as Bruce Wayne in a in a tuxedo. You go to the top of a tower. Alfred sends down your suit, and from there you just glide down, and it is such an incredible feeling. And I was really looking forward to recapturing that in this. And I was like, "Wow, look at this amazing city! I can't wait to fly around." And trying to figure out how to do that before realizing that I straight up just couldn't yet until I went and did x amount of interrogations or um all these odd challenges uh it's it was 
yeah, really, really disappointing. And that challenge system is is one of the most nonsensical ways that I think this game mimics some free-to-play games. Um, it has, in similar ways that free-to-play games have to, to justify things like the battle pass, they have these challenges for a first-person shooter will have five headshots or something to, to go up to the next level. This has a similar thing in it, but I can't really figure out a reason why what's been your experience yeah it's, with it? it's it's very destiny to here's a bunch of blah quests to do so that you've got enough resources to upgrade your gun um and you know here is the most crazy part about the knighthood system which is i know that you played batgirl you mentioned gliding that's her ability her her extra movement ability i bounce between a bunch of different characters so i played predominantly robin Um, But I also tried out quite a bit of Red Hood and I played a bit of Nightwing as well. And here is where uh, the Nighthood thing gets really annoying, which is that it's locked to characters. So soon as you unlock Robin and you're going good and you get like, not only do you get your main traversal ability from locked in Nighthood, your most powerful skill tree that defines your character comes out of that process of grinding too. So it takes away so many abilities that you will rely on in the latter half of this game. When I decided to finally swap over to Red Hood, I was immediately crushed to find out I had to redo that whole grind again. And when I wanted to try out Nightwing, I had to do that grind again. And it was just like, please stop making me have to do the Nighthood every single time. I want to swap these characters. Experience is shared. I don't know why you're making me do these challenges over and over. And I think the only other thing I want to mention is these characters have been designed in a way where I guess like the elements of Batman have been kind of shoved into different characters. So Batgirl, I would argue, is the most like Arkham Batman. She has the glide. She has the the kind of gadgety combat as well as straight up brawling. Um, Robin kind of takes the best of all of Batman's stealth stuff and nothing else. And then has a really horrible traversal ability, which when we did co-op, I didn't realize how bad it was until we did that, which is that it's way slower than the glide. And basically Robin kind of blips out of reality and can kind of teleport over a 10 second distance to wherever he wants. And when he blips out of reality, if you're playing co-op, you disappear off the radar, the map, everything that your co-op partner needs to use to kind of point where you're going and what direction you're heading in so we just got lost a lot when i was playing robin uh which i don't think was a a great gameplay experience um you know i feel like we're in gripe land at the moment so we might start talking about the game feel overall um in in this game and and how did you feel movement and controls felt in in gotham knights instantly i was uh a bit disappointed it uh it, it felt heavier um and, and sluggish and just just not as precise and i might be thinking of the previous uh, of the arkham series um you know maybe too fondly it's been a while since i've revisited that but i just remember the really a phenomenal feeling of of weight balanced with agility that made batman feel very formidable, but also agile. And I don't get that from this. And I've, I've been playing solely as uh, Batgirl um, just to really get a, a feel for the game before I jump into some other characters. Um, and, yes, yeah, she just doesn't seem to to move that well. Um, there's some, also some issues with the, the zip line that it, it doesn't seem to be as 
intuitive. Sometimes I'll zip off to the wrong rooftop. Um, it's not very consistent with the uh, distances. Sometimes it'll shoot me, you know, give me the option to shoot off a hundred meters. And then when I'll want to shoot off quite far, it'll be like, nah, you're, you're too far away. Um, there's some, one really annoying thing is when you're on a ledge, if you're not facing directly towards the ledge and you press up, it, they'll just move side to side, which is very rarely something um, I want to do. That being said, uh, if, if we want to get out of gripe land a little bit, um, I, I don't hate oh, the I want to marinate in, in <laughs> You want to marinate in that? Okay, let's yeah, marinate yeah, in that. Like, Go for it. Let's talk about ledges because you brought them up. Um, ledges are the bane of the bat family. If you are a villain in Gotham City, simply fill your environment with ledges. That's what your supervillain lair should have. Because I felt like every time I had to interact with ledges, I had to like climb onto them or get stuck on them. It was a nightmare. It felt like Robin had gone and put super glue on his hands before going out on night patrol. And every time I touched one of those things, it was like a journey to kind of work out the right way to get off the perch. Um, this comes into play with the fact that Robin is a bit of a stealthy boy, and I play a lot of stealth in these sorts of games. Um, stealth is horrible in in Gotham Knights. Um, there is a really, like, you know, I've, I've played a lot of Marvel Spider-Man and a lot of Arkham City. Um, and one of the things that I really liked about that is the way that you can kind of get up on high perches and you have a lot of room to sort of do a stealth takedown or do a quiet takedown. Um, but in this game, there is so much finickiness with like the distance of how close or how far away you are from your enemy before you're not allowed to do a takedown that like I constantly found myself going, oh, I'm set up to do a stealth move no, wait, I'm too far away. I'm going to have to try and shimmy down to another ledge that's a little bit closer to my enemy so that I can grab him. Oh, wait, no, Robin, because he has bad controls, has just decided to jump straight off the ledge and land in front of everyone. And I felt like this happened so many times to me. Um, it started to reach a point where I felt like the controls were so unreliable that to try and play stealth in this game was a bit of a coin flip. And there were particular missions in this open world involving bombs strapped to people where if you start loud, you have a one minute timer to kill everything. And if you don't kill everything really quickly, the people blow up and the mission fails. And the amount of times I had to restart one of those because stealth mechanics just broke on me or were non-responsive was driving me wild. Um, yeah, I've, I've experienced the same thing. And it's the same with the um, organ uh, side missions as well, where they'll trigger a thing to say this organ's going to expire. So you have to beat everybody up and then get the organ and then drive it to um, your friendly uh, doctor friend. And yeah, so often I'm just triggering it way too early. And I, I, I don't think it's cause we're bad at the game. You know, I think it's, it's just such a shame because stealth was the draw for, for me, for these games. The first Arkham game was set in Arkham Asylum. There was barely any kind of free flying around movement. It was, it was a stealth game and it was an absolute joy to plan out an entire room and try and get everybody taken down before anybody else knows you're there. And I'm, I'm struggling to find situations where I can do that. And again, not, I don't think it's from me being bad at the game. I just, I don't think they put as much emphasis on that um, for, for this mm. title. And without Robin's skill trees, all the other characters just kind of suck at stealth as well. So there's that to kind of factor into this, this mix too. 
Um, I'm glad you brought up that organ donor quest because I had a different bug with it, which was after I rescued the organ and had to rush somewhere else on the map to deliver it, I found that the map was not updating and telling me where to go for a good 20 seconds. So I would have to kind of keep opening the map and keep checking where I actually had to take the organ, whittling down the like 30 second timer that I had to actually get to the location. That drove me crazy. Um, let's let's get into combat. Um, so we have four characters here. They are all completely distinct and they actually play very differently in combat. Um, how did you feel with the combat in Gotham Knights? Because it is kind of primarily the main thing you'll be doing in this game over and over and over again. Yeah, so I have been playing solely as Batgirl, so you'll have more to say about the other characters. As far as Batgirl goes, on the surface, you drop down and it's like, okay, here we go. This is basically, you're basically Batman. She's a brawler. You're, you're smashing you're smashing X um, and 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 doing your best but again because they're split up into these four characters it you lose a lot of the variety that you got as batman in the, in the arkham games those games you had such a large arsenal of tools at your disposal that even once you go into those brawl situations and you, you weren't being stealth anymore you could still be so you know you, no two people would have to play it the same way had all these different gadgets and with batgirl i really just feel like all i've got is is x is just hit with the hit with her uh with her weapon and that's kind of it i've got a a little drone that you can send up that shoots people um and you've got your your adrenaline not adrenaline sorry your uh, momentum specials but they're all kind of just variations of of whack a person um the other issue i have with it is the targeting system doesn't seem to be as precise uh i'll often spend my time punching thin air thinking that i was targeting somebody but i guess i wasn't uh, what, what's your experience been with the other characters ah so funny you mentioned the targeting system so uh red hood um uses primarily sort of shotguns or whatever they are they're guns um he's he's so more hardcore than batman you see we shoot bad guys as red hood he's just straight up like I'm, i want to crack skulls so he has um he kind of hits people with the butt of his rifles for his melee moves, but a large chunk of what makes him really interesting is that his rage combos are actually really strong. Um, his uh, kind of hold down the trigger and aimed range shoots are really strong as well. Um, but the targeting system is what lets you down here. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I was kind of mid-combo swing against an enemy and decided to launch into my really strong ranged combo ability only to find that Red Hood was standing the other way from the enemy and shooting the wall. Um, over and over again, this would happen. It would happen with Robin. It happened with Nightwing. Um, it is just, it, it's really infuriating. And these enemies have like a lot of HP. Like... Um, basic mooks in this game have chunky health and then let's not even talk about the heavy kind of bad guys which are extremely kind of like hp spongy enemies and we're talking normal difficulty here we're not going into hard or the hardest difficulty um, but it feels like you just have to pound on these enemies with heavy melee attacks so that you break their guard over and over again it's like they're designed around the momentum system which um Instead of having a combo meter and unlocking finishes at like every 8 or 12 or 16 kind of consecutive combo moves, you now generate a resource based on perfect dodges and perfect attacks after dodges and just generally hitting things called momentum. 
Uh, momentum is kind of slow to generate at the beginning of the game, and only Nightwing has a hub, a whole tree dedicated to boosting your momentum. Um, for the other characters, you'll have to eventually get high-level gear, which will increase your momentum gain. But until that point, it feels like it takes a bit of a while on Robin and other characters to kind of build up your momentum bar. And those momentum abilities are really all focused around doing a huge chunk of damage into enemies, um, cancelling out their unblockable attacks or guard breaking them for the most part. And you get a few different variations as well as an ultimate ability that's on a cooldown. Um, Robin's one is on 10 minutes. So with the amount of frequent combat in this game, I felt like I was being punished um, for wanting to use it because it's so long. Um, but, you know, it's momentum is sort of like it feels like it's there to justify chunking down these big heavy kind of bulky dude hp bosses and i went and installed arkham knight just out of curiosity the other night and my first fight and batman's bouncing left and right knocking out people in two or three hits but he's fighting 15 people and you have that sort of really kind of quick fast timing in the arkham series where you've got enemies charging you so you have to dodge them in a certain way then you're trying to counter other enemies then you're trying to disrupt ranged attacks and then you're trying to go underneath some enemies while you're jumping over others you're throwing enemies into each other in every like eight combo moves you're kind of like knocking out an enemy it feels really dynamic and fun and here it's just like yeah okay i've got heavy attack i got a light attack i got a heavy ranged attack which is really slow and then i got a ranged attack and later on in the game they introduce these enemies um, that need to be stunned with a ranged attack or an aoe ability otherwise you can't attack them they just dodge everything and like robin is fine for that because he has a lot of like aoe abilities but i tried that with like a few other characters and it was miserable yeah that, that's where i think i've found one of the biggest issues with the targeting system is with those enemies um because batgirl has one specific where she just throws a, a buttload of batarangs out and that's what stuns them so that you can finally attack them um, but so often I'll throw them and the time it takes to load it up and throw it, they've moved on. And I mean, at that point, it just, at this point, it just sounds like we're complaining that the game's too hard for us, but it's just it's not, not too it's hard. Not it just precise. feels poorly designed, you know, yeah. and it's a- a- losing that, um, combo system has really de-incentivized me, you know, to, to try and get those long running combos and dodging. I'm just not as interested in, in making sure I don't get hit. And that was one of the most fun things about Arkham is getting those really high combo um, runs and and not getting hit, you know, dodging at the last minute. And, and it's so satisfying. And in this game, I'm, I'm just finding myself letting myself get hit because it just doesn't seem, the, there's not really much payoff there. It, it's really weird. Um, you know, like once again, those enemies that dodge, Robin just has a momentum ability where he creates a decoy of himself that taunts enemies. And I have talent points in that. So it explodes in a huge explosion of elemental damage. So I just drop one of those and they die. Um, but for other characters, what a nightmare, um, which, you know, I think takes us to the fact that it feels like a lot of this game was sort of designed around the two player co-op in these missions, like a lot of boss fights and I guess like side quest fights end up in these sort of weird multi-stage arena battles, which are very not fun while solo. There's one very early on for the Harley Quinn quest chain, which I just think was one of the most annoying things I ever had to do, which was like 
a round against two heavies with multiple dudes showing up in the middle. Then you finally beat them after five minutes and then you do it again, except now they have fire damage. And then you do it again, except now that there's bombs around the entire arena and every 30 seconds you have to stop fighting and disarm these bombs. And it's just like, this is not fun at this point. I was just like, this is a tedious slog that I've been doing for 20 minutes and I'm just conserving my health packs. Um, And I guess it would be sort of manageable with a co-op partner. But even then, I think would be like, well, we can talk about it with Mr. Freeze, which was a really kind of horrible boss fight where we just turned down the difficulty. Yeah, and that lack of creativity in the boss fights is just so noticeable here. And that Mr. Freeze one, which we played together in co-op, was take the take the the character skins away and you can replace them with honestly anything and it would have been it, it would it looks like it could have been from any video game you've ever played any kind of uninspired um boss battle from from the past there was nothing I, sure he was using ice attacks but it, it, i mean you describe what it that did a couple of freeze puns it, yeah a couple of freeze puns that was that was fun for everybody but Describe what that battle was like. Before I do that, I think it's absolutely wild that they put in not one, but two tedious Mr. Freeze fights into this game, which is following a game, Arkham City, which had a Mr. Freeze boss battle that people still talk about as one of the most iconic and interesting ways to do a boss battle in the history of video games, like the Arkham City Mr. Freeze fight where you're sort of dodging him and every time you attack him, he comes up with a new way to counter your abilities. So you're constantly having to try a different technique to take him down while he's hunting you was wild and incredible. This is like an MMO arena. There's lasers that spin around. Mr. Freeze jumps up onto a turret at one point so you can't attack him and then the entire arena just sets on fire and you have to kind of dodge explosions. Um, He has a rail gun which sort of locks onto you and it took us a while to work out how to dodge it and really the only way to do it is one person runs a huge lap around the state like the stadium that you're in while the other person like smacks on him and that's the only way to dodge like some really unforgiving damage from that laser which on normal difficulty is half your health um so we ended up dropping this down to the easiest difficulty because it was just tedious and he had the world's longest hp bar and i think after like 15 minutes of playing like dodge the explosion we were just like can we just finish this yeah and, and like i said you could have replaced him with like firefly or something and changed ice to fire and it, it just it would have been exactly the same there, there just doesn't seem to be much personality or creativity in it um which is, yeah, really, really disappointing. You, you've played more than me, uh, so you tell me if that changes with, this, with the boss battles. Um, not, with, not with anything that's, like, encounter-based or mechanic-based. I think all of the good stuff to be gleaned from this game is the story um, and, the, and, and the cutscenes and, and, and a lot of the writing, really. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, from what you saw of the story, what did you think about this? Um, as as a bat story and 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 i guess as a fan of the the bat family and the bat universe what did you think i i think that they've put a lot of work into it um clearly and it definitely comes from a place of of love and even the fact that they're tackling the court of owls shows that they they know what they're doing they recognize a good story when they see it and and they're trying to um adapt it also that opening scene with batman um where he's uh fighting rajal ghoul i thought was fantastic 
Um, one of my favorite parts about this is that they go all in. I think one of the really disappointing parts about Batman in modern media, particularly the movies, is this obsession with realism. And it's just great to experience a, a Batman, a piece of Batman media that just goes all in on the madness that is this uh, this character and and this universe. So. I quite enjoyed that. I haven't got far enough into the story to to give a proper review of it. One thing that has disappointed me, though, is the uh, how quickly they come to the, the realisation that the Court of Hours is real. I, I think there's maybe a half an hour of gameplay um, between finding out that the Court of Hours is maybe a thing to confirming it's a thing, and then within another hour of playing, um, the, these Court of Hours, uh, henchmen in their masks are just standing around warehouses and now they're normal henchmen and this might be a little bit too nitpicky but um, in that story in the comics it's it's just there's more mystery involved and this is a secret society that has ev- evaded even Batman who you know knows everything before it's going to happen and it, they even evaded him and to have it all kind of unfold straight away it took away a lot of a lot of that mystery i think um what's been your experience having gone a a bit further into it than me yeah i think that like they did an incredible job in making these four characters um really fun to watch and alfred as well because alfred plays such a pivotal role in this game and i'm really glad he's there along with the rest of the bat family and you know i i have an on and off relationship with like I guess Batman as 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 a franchise is a thing in that I haven't really read much of the comics, but I love the Arkham games, and I know enough are in the periphery to have a rough idea of who Red Hood is and who these people are. But it was kind of fun to sort of like start picking up what was happening to them. So Red Hood has come back from the dead after being resurrected in a resurrection pit, and has a lot of like trauma and guilt and and issues around his resurrection and how he feels now as a person and having lost a part of himself through that process and butts heads consistently with Nightwing, which I, I actually really enjoyed a lot. I thought they wrote that quite well. Um, I really enjoyed their take on Robin, who is you know, the the latest in a long line of Robins. And, and um, he feels like he's got big shoes to fill, but he's also learning that what he thought was a special relationship with Batman was one that was shared with multiple people um, and one that he felt like secrets were being held from him that he didn't realize at the time when when Bruce was alive. So um, that was written quite well too. Um, I think there's some really interesting soft moments with Batgirl as well and her relationship to the police force and her father having died. She's going through kind of dual processing of grief of both Commissioner Gordon and Batman dying. Um, and, I, and I like the way that they explored the idea of grief through all these characters. Um, and so there's, there's these beautiful little character moments that really keep coming back to me, conversations that happen between these characters in the Belfry. I'm not a big fan usually when games have like an email system and like you can sort of like read conversations between characters. They tend to be pretty throwaway, but here I actually really like them. Um, there's a wonderful little email exchange where um, Robin proposes starting a podcast with the rest of the bat family to get the word out in gotham about how they're helping people out and it's shut down by everyone um just things like that that are just kind of in the background and just bring some real warmth here like if i need to compare this to another game that sort of flopped lately the saints row reboot comes up and the way that they wrote that squad and their relationship was not great 
Um, and here at least, this is like a family. They fight, they squabble, but ultimately I really like these characters. I feel drawn to finish this game despite all of its problems and inconsistencies. I'm going to dump that difficulty down to easy so that I can just enjoy this story. And and yeah, you're right. The Quarter Owls kind of goes from being this mysterious thing that the team is like trying to piece together on a literal um, kind of chalkboard and and kind of like corkboard basically. Um, very sort of like, um, you know, conspiracy theory style to like, oh, there's mooks just out on the street now and they're wearing owl masks like that. And I, I kind of wish that that had a bit of a slower reveal as well. But, you know, um, it's it's a cool main story. There's some interesting things that happen in it um, that I think is worth the time for a Bat fan. Just like mm, everything else about this game is where it falls down a little bit. Yeah, so I think the focus on having four characters is a uh is a real positive for the story and for the characters and their relations and stuff it works really well you've got all these you know multiple characters to to really flesh it out and and bounce off whereas usually it's just batman and alfred chatting um but unfortunately i i do think a lot of the issues especially with the um combat and with the boss battles also comes from the fact there's four characters you know like we said the those boss battles with with mr freeze um, I think they have to make them kind of boring and generic because you can't really play to a specific style when each of when so many when the different styles are separated into each character. So yeah, um, take the good with the bad. I guess it's it's nice that we have a, a really good story, but um, I don't know maybe we could have done with uh, turning it into to multiple games or something. Um, yeah, because like for me, there's a big part of me that's like, I want a sequel. I want part two of these stories. I like these versions of of Batgirl, Red Hood, well, kind of Red Hood, Nightwing, and and Robin. And I I want to see them continue to do more uh, from there. So it's it's just a bit of a shame that the rest hasn't come together. And we're sort of running out of time, but I, I really want to quickly mention like performance. Uh, so. Uh, you played predominantly on Xbox Series X, and I played a little bit on Xbox Series X as well as PC. Um, and performance and bugs and crashes were pretty frequent. Like, we had quite a couple of crashes when we were doing co-op. Yeah, yeah. So I've not had any issues playing solo. Um, I think it looks great. It runs great. Uh, but, yeah, we, we had multiple just straight crashes uh, the game completely resetting while we were playing together plus a lot of stuttering i think if we got too far away from each other was it um yeah the frame rate started to tank very very quickly and you know a lot's been said about this game having locked 30 fps on consoles um and yeah i i I still feel like i don't know maybe it just needed more time to cook in the oven more optimization because it seems to have like some really weird performance issues on pc as well like I've got a 3080, I've got a pretty decent PC, but I really struggled to get a a consistent 60 FPS throughout this thing. Particularly in the open world, it would just constantly tank. Um, Ray tracing was out of the conversation, like it wasn't going to happen in this game. I tried to run it and outside of inside environments, it was just not not a go. So I feel like there's just so much more that needs to be finessed here and that's that's a bit of a shame. That is a shame, and it goes to show you as to why they only put it on the current gen and not the previous gen. Like a lot of games are still getting released on the Xbox One, and uh, they just 
completely said nah with this and it, it makes perfect sense now having played it. Uh, we, yeah, we are running out of time. I did want to say one thing and to put a, a positive spin. This game looks great. When it's all running well, the presentation all around I think is fantastic. Gotham looks awesome. When you're up high and looking down on all of the 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 darkness uh, contrasting with the neon lights and you'll see some flashing lights um, like police lights and you can glide down to it and there'll be some kind of criminal activity going on. Uh, But I think where it really shines through is in the characters, in the character models and all of the suits. They just look incredible. I love the way they don't shy away from the goofiness of it all and watching those models during combat, especially during like the finishing moves and the takedowns, I think just are so well designed it just it just looks fantastic yeah if you're you're a fan of superheroes in a large variety of different spandex suits they nail that um there's some really cool customization here um that's been gotham knights by we games montreal thanks to play on and we games for providing us with copies for the review articles to read podcasts to listen to and videos to watch on sifter.com.au this has been mainstream sifter's review podcast you can read a written review of gotham knights on the sifter website there's a link in the show notes or head to sifter.com.au know you love listening to sifter so if you'd like to support our work we've got a ko-fi where you can contribute whatever our work is worth to you even a small amount makes a big difference to us Head to sifter.com.au slash support, where even a couple of dollars helps us keep making our shows. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the mainstream theme music. Sifter is produced by myself, Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni De Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts, and you can recommend us to your friends if you like the show. And until next time, peace out.